Are you saying you faked with me? Yeah. Now you're single. What do you know about sexual relations? Is it true that if you don't use it, you lose it? I'm a little worried about being a slut. You're listening to the Come With Us podcast. Talking the good, the kinky, and the ugly. Here are your hosts, Beth and Aaron. Hello, 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 all you sexy holes and poles. Are you ready for some exciting, maybe mind-opening, mind-boggling, um, out-of-your-mind experiences today on come with us podcast because we're talking all about psychedelics psychedelics and how they can help your sexy life as well as your relationship and what to look for what to be careful of we've got an expert an expert he is joe moore from psychedelics today where he is the co-founder um, psychedelics today is convinced that psychedelics are going to disrupt the way that humanity approaches healing and wellness, creating a whole new paradigm for um, healthcare and cognitive liberty. I like that, right? Um, so psychedelics today, they are the leader in education, media advocacy when it comes to this topic, and they have 2.2 million annual learners on their website, psychedelicstoday.com. So thank you, Joe, for joining us again today. We're so excited. We we started last week and we kind of went all over the place because there's so many questions and your story from computer software engineer to psychedelics is pretty amazing. So I encourage all of our listeners, if they haven't listened, to go back there and go listen. And oh, and by the way, I always forget this. I get so excited, wrapped up in the guests. I forgot to mention the fact that I'm Beth Darling here with Aaron. You can find me at BethDarling.com. You can find my book, The Five Kinds of Intimacy, How to Keep Your Love Alive, and my video classes on all sorts of, let's see, blowjobs, cunnilingus, prostate pleasure at bathdarling.com. So go check those out too while you're checking out or after you check out psychedelics today. So um, anyway, thank you, thank you, thank you, Joe, for sticking with us and having a whole nother episode where we have a whole list of topics to dive into. And Aaron, you want to you wanna start? I always feel like I get so excited and I just take over the whole microphone. So uh, I mean, well, one of the first things that popped into my mind when we realized that we were going to have you on Joe was um, at least for a, a guy in my world where sports is a huge part of my occupation and stuff like that. Um, Aaron Rodgers, uh NFL star quarterback, one of the best to play the position right now. He's hurt because he's old and he's frail. It happens. Uh, but he is over the last three years or so made his brand not quarterback star football player he has now made his brand psychedelic ambassador i guess of the of the world and of it, it's interesting because it's psychedelic ambassador to a world of uh i guess consumers that would never have been really tapped because if you think of your average nfl audience you're thinking guys in their you know early 20s all the way up to their 50s or 60s who are pretty straightforward some make a lot of money some don't but you know we talked a little You're bit about the drug good. war last week um but that drug war had a huge impact on the psyche of everybody everybody in my generation uh and you know gen x was the start of hitting that and then it just carried on so now you have a guy who plays one of the most important job or plays one of the most important jobs in all of sports go 
oh yeah, as soon as the season ends or as soon as the week is, you know, I'm done playing, I'll just go and I'll I'll take uh what's his favorite ayahuasca or whatever it is. And yeah, I just use that and I'm fine. So like really? from from your perspective, uh I'm not sure how much you know about him and know about how much he's I guess not affecting the psychedelic world, but kind of rebranding it or trying to, you know, promote it. Um so he, you know, obviously an amazing athlete. Um, he's, uh, the amount of stress professional athletes have to put themselves through from probably the time middle school was going down till the time they retire at what, 20, somewhere between 23 years old and 60, 55 maybe. So like, you know, it's insane. Right. And it's, it's really traumatic. Um, and then there's there's also the issue who am i now after i'm no longer an athlete yeah after after i exploded my knees for the nfl for other people's pleasure right so you know who am i what am i supposed to be doing now cuz i was told my whole life it was just money and fame and you know they don't really get a lot of you know great advice um and <laughs> right <laughs> You know, maybe some of them do, but generally speaking, it's it's not great. And um, psychologists and psychiatrists can only do so much, especially if you're a, you know, apex predator athlete who's doing amazing stuff. Like, are you really gonna talk to your psychiatrist? Well, I think what was that soccer show that we all love? Um, Ted Lasso. Yeah. So like, that was a really good example of athletes dealing with psychologists, though. It worked really well for those individuals, but it, you know, generally probably won't because it's such a tough guy culture, right? And and from a, a sports perspective, I mean, yes, teams all across the world bring in sports psychologists, but they are specifically that sports psychologists. Their whole job is breaking down why can't I throw my curveball anymore? Why can't uh, why am I you know not paying attention to the snap when I need to be kind of stuff like that? Why can't mm-hmm. I hit a free throw? It's all about the mental breakdown of your performance on the field or on the court kind of thing. And I don't know. I've never been in it because I wasn't a professional athlete. But I, I'd be really interested to know how much they go into the root and go down deeper than the, this is my profession and why am I not succeeding at my profession like I want to level versus, you know, like how many of these guys are, are taking that and going, okay, I'm taking this and I'm going to apply it to my life outside of sports and outside of my well, profession. Once I cash those million dollar checks, I, I will just tell you, and then we'll get back to, to the drug situation. But I will tell you that people do not make deep growth changes without going deep into their psyche and their history. Otherwise, so the best sports psychologists are going to have to figure out who you are at, at your core to help you be your best on the surface. It mm-hmm. just has to. So, so um, on from the sports perspective, they're probably helping people manage their anxiety, their yep. stress. Um, how do I get opt- optimally healthy, which isn't necessarily a real thing. It's an <laughs> imaginary target. And, um, you know, stress, anxiety, like are, are there weird relationship things going on in your world that could help you you know, if you resolve that, maybe do your, you know, the, yeah. <laughs> pulling from the mighty ducks, the knuckle puck, maybe get your knuckle yep. puck dialed again, you know, so like how, uh, that's probably what they're focusing on in terms of like root cause analysis and resolution there. I don't know that that's their job necessarily, though. I, I'm not 
doubting that some of these sports psychologists can do that and help people with that. Um, but psychedelics plus therapy are really where we can get to the root cause. Like Rogers probably has all the people in the world helping him, all sorts of amazing people around him, supporting him. Like a person like that probably has like greater than 20 people working on him at all the time, all time. Oh yeah. Cause he's got right. all the money in the world that he needs. Is he mm -hmm. saying, is he supporting them or encouraging them from, um, from a health, get healthy, get smarter, get clearer perspective, or just from an amusement perspective? Oh, uh, Aaron Rodgers is probably not recreating on ayahuasca. Ayahuasca is not used for that. It's um, it's a really intense experience. Yeah. Um, there's vomiting involved. There's sometimes diarrhea so, involved. I haven't had yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you haven't? For, I've heard that, which is what stops me from trying it. I have to tell I'm you. I'm into puking. Uh, I'm not into diarrhea oof. in front of people. Uh, it, I'm not into either of them ever in, in much less in front of people. Uh, but Beth from the, from the Rogers perspective, like this last year he was unhappy with the team he was on. So over the off season, he decided he needed to go on a darkness retreat. And I don't know what he took going into said retreat or what he took while he was in, but he went into a hut that was designed to be blackout dark for three straight, was three straight days, I think. Wow. And, and so that that's the kind of mind that he's now come to of uh you know and it, it it's going to be a sensitive subject but he was the one or the biggest nfl voice who went i'm not injecting any vaccine into my body that i don't know what it's going to do to me on the field or off the field for that matter and mm -hmm. then it, he got in trouble because he told the nfl he got it and he actually didn't get it and he actually mm -hmm. went to them and said no i found the loophole i just didn't specifically huh. say i got it I just used your loophole to exploit why I didn't have to get it. So, oh. uh, he was, he, he became the voice of like anti pharmacology, you know, just here's a pill, <laughs> shove it down your throat. It'll, it'll fix you kind of thing. And started oh. going more the psychedelic route. Okay. We should, we should well, dig into that first for a sec. Like this, this idea that like modern medicine is fixing our diseases. It's not necessarily true. Like sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, the biggest critique is like uh, the biggest and most popularized critiques are things like psychiatric meds that might work for some indications, but yeah. cause a whole host of side effects. Yep. And they certainly do not cause uh, actually resolve the underlying problem. Yeah. Um, right. Psychedelics um, and other methods, psychedelics aren't the only one, can help us dig in and actually resolve deep seated traumas and deep seated addictions and. Um, and sometimes chronic pain can go away. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a founder at a chronic pain treatment company using psychedelics. And, and there's actually some interesting performance um, angles from this chronic pain method that we can bring in, probably sexual performance too. Like, have you heard of this, this disease where um, male orgasm is extraordinarily painful? Um, mm -mm. So like, this is a real thing. Um, and there's people, guys, I, and I can't even imagine uh -huh. this, like just excruciating, like tear, like you, you're down mm -hmm. on the ground on your knees, just like crying from the amount of pain you just experienced. So like that could be a highly neurological thing that, um, some methods that could employ psychedelics could also kind of treat there's, yeah. And so how do you think mm -hmm. psychedelics, or maybe, you know, how do you, how do psychedelics help? deal with trauma, shame, guilt, um, uh, deep-seated psychological issues? Hmm. 
so so there's the MDMA model I talked about earlier. So where pain in the other episode, okay. um, your fear response goes way down so that you can then actually work through the experience as opposed to in the reliving of the experience and the therapy couch, as opposed okay. to like deflecting. And it's like, I'm only talking about the New York Jets and fried chicken, right? I'm not going to talk about anything else. I'm only okay. going to talk about the things that feel safe and comfortable. Whereas like with under the influence of MDMA and a talk therapy scenario, you can actually work through whatever that bad thing that happened to you was um, verbally in an unafraid way. Ketamine. Why have I heard like uh, there's a movement using ketamine in all sorts of different mm -hmm. um, treatments? Yeah. So um, ketamine's on the the WHO's list of essential medications worldwide. So it's everywhere. It's actually really cheap. It's about $7 Ooh. a gram doctor price. Um, when you see what prices people want to charge you for those treatments, you're like, why is it two grand a go? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I went, I went and got a prescription. It was 14 bucks for six 100 milligram pills. Um, and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. the prescription costs a lot of money, but in the therapy costs a lot of money. The drug was cheap. Um, I've had it in surgery a ton. So there's, there's a number of things here. Ketamine actually um, can help you regrow nerves. So dendritic arborization is a technical term they use. So dendrites arborizing, so treeing. Um, and then there's new neural pathways that can develop. So there's nerve tissue regrowth that can happen, which is another reason why athletes like it. After you knock your head wow. around for 30, 40 years, you can kind of recover a little bit. Can um, you direct where those regrowth is or is it just random throughout your body? Uh, it would diffuse throughout your whole body. Yeah. Okay. So think about somebody with uh, what is it? Renaud syndrome where they don't have real feeling down here. So there's mm -hmm. a microdosing protocol. You were asking about microdosing earlier where yeah. people can, um, dilate the, the, um, uh, blood vessels like capillary level using something called niacin. It's a B vitamin, yep. I think. And then, you know, don't, don't just take B vitamins like that. It's super uncomfortable. Like do your research, please. Nice I'm not giving you dosing really advice. Bernie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I watched some friends <laughs> dose each other. With I, it them. was like, part of my, not good. Oh no, I took it as a, as a workout s supplement for years. So you could do a psilocybin or a ketamine after the ingestion of this niacin and theoretically get it down to, um, the really, really, really small capillaries to hopefully bring back some sensation. Um, and wow. so, you know, think of the implications for genitals or whatever, like maybe that's what post, I was just thinking. I know post breast surgery with like cancer situation. There's so many possible applications. Um, and that's, that's one level. So that's like the okay. physical level. You're actually regrowing nerves and like training new neural pathways. And then, um, then there's the actual psychological, like I'll call it the psycho-spiritual angle where you yeah. can, um, a line I like to use, and this is, this is not why, this is why psychedelics are a little uncomfortable. So like, you know, your normal doctor will just give you things to suppress so you can kind of just get by. In here, we're trying to really amplify it to make you have the full experience of that thing and to resolve that thing. Um, there's a classic line I like to use in my breathwork um, facilitation where I say, um, the full expression of an emotion is also its funeral pyre. So if we can, <laughs> if we can bring that thing out and really exhaust the hell out of its fuel reserves, it's, you know, maybe it's still there, but it has, you know, a couple milliliters of fuel left. It doesn't have gallons left. Um, yeah. and you know, things like childhood sexual trauma, accidents, um, grief, 
um, all these things, we can work through them in these sessions and make a lot of progress. Things like um, MDMA will do this fine. Ketamine sometimes can do well here. Ketamine is kind of like this. It's only really popular because it's legal now. Um, I think the other ones are going to be a lot higher performers in terms of clearing up psychiatric indications. Um, and also in the Johns Hopkins literature, there's all this talk of mystical experiences um, yeah. being the yeah. thing. So the bigger your mystical experience, the better your psychiatric resolution is. Like that was their, one of their biggest correlates. So like you see God big enough, you're healthier. <laughs> what the hell is that? Like that's a fascinating correlation that we don't understand yet. Um, in my world, transpersonal psychology, like sexual things will come up, spiritual things will come up. I've seen somebody in a breathwork session um, having the experience, and I talked to them after about it, of giving birth to themselves and having sex with the thing that conceived them all at the same, and giving birth at the same time. So it was like this triple layered experience. And I'm watching it going down like, that's a really weird experience. I, I guarantee that's like an amazing thing that they're going through right now, but holy hell, that looks weird. And you can get the stories from folks afterwards. And, and sometimes that can resolve trauma that happened to you at birth because, you know, we had a body at birth, so we can have trauma there. Um, and even yeah. before birth, we can have trauma, right? From like yeah. autoimmune disorders our, our host mother might have or, or drinking disorder or something. So... Yeah, well, and that makes sense because I I was just reading something last week that that about infants actually do have memories. So it's just that they don't know how to organize them because they don't have language. So then as they learn to speak, as we all, you know, we reach toddlerhood and stuff, those memories from before that are still there. It's just we can't access them because they're just like misfiled, if you will, or not filed and, and stuff. So that's interesting that maybe psychedelics might bring some of those to the forefront or something that's yeah that's a very cool thing um mm -hmm. now i'm thinking okay so i did i did psilocybin i did mushrooms only a few times what and <laughs> like three or four times yeah but i've realized one i have terrible adhd so cocaine i tried that a couple of times that doesn't do anything for me mdma does it puts nothing. some people to sleep with add which is wild yeah i know it's right it's just our brains are Drink crazy three red and bulls and maybe you can not go to bed yeah, maybe. Yeah. But but I did MDMA too, and that didn't do anything for me, except that hmm. I did have to bite something, that, and I had none of the pleasure. What so kind of a sucked. scenario did, were you doing MDMA in? I've done in a couple of different ones, one with just one partner, um, one in a, a small gathering with friends that I completely trusted. And yeah, mm -hmm. frankly, there was a bunch of nudity going on in a swimming pool and a hot tub. And <laughs> um and I'm somebody who really likes touch. So I thought I'd be like all over, like, okay, everybody touch me. No, nothing. So, but, um, but then I did psilocybin. And again, I have to up the dose to something that most people my size probably wouldn't, um, according to the people who give it to me. And one time I had the greatest trip. And that was, I said, this is like Disney World on neon. And I don't ever want to be sober again. <laughs> I remember that. It was awesome. <laughs> I'm like, but why would I have that instead of some sort of spiritual something? I mean, I do love Disney, but how do you have, can you direct these things and make them what you want? I wish I knew how much you ate. Um, three grams. I know. Three? That's three great. Grams. Three is substantial as hell. Yeah. Um, that's what they told me. <laughs> I, in, in therapy, often it's somewhere between <sighs> mushrooms are so variable. 
um, in terms of potency. Like even if you pick two right next to each other in the same batch, yeah. could be plus minus 60% potency or more. We don't yeah. know that. We don't have that data yet. So right. um, the rough in Hopkins, they're saying somewhere around three to six grams is kind of what they would feed people um, to have these kind of God experiences. So there's like dose dependency um, yeah. to it. But psychedelics aren't purely dose dependent. So imagine if you were, you know, with somebody you really respected and they were going to bring you through a really safe, intentional, guided experience. It was largely yeah. inward, right? So it's not about chatting with somebody. It's about like being safe, eyes closed, being really inward and, and being with yourself in a really intense and extraordinarily intimate way with yourself. When do you get five hours, three hours, five hours to be with you, eyes closed, with you amplified, let's put it that uh -huh. way. Yeah, never. We don't get that, you know. Um, yeah. So that's that's a scenario in which you could have one of those larger spiritual experiences, especially if that's what you were interested in. Um, mm -hmm. There's people that specialize in in creating those kinds of containers. Wow. How do you yeah. find somebody who's good and who's safe? You know, like, is there a rating system? Is there? <laughs> well, it's legal, right? Like, we could all go to jail. So you have to yes. really carefully build your own networks. Um, you look at what's available in legal jurisdictions like Jamaica and Netherlands. So next time you oh. go to hedonism, you just spend a couple extra days and go <gasps> down the street to the Jamaica, you know, Jamaica yeah. mushroom guy. But, you know, yeah, when we're talking international, there are reviews. Um, okay. And you can get some safety. Um I wow. I tell people to really, you know, not just get one referral, get like three or four referrals to the same place before you pull the trigger. Um, I've seen some really bad stuff go down. Yeah. Um, so you want to be really careful. Um, but there is a whole movement now of like psychedelic sex therapy. There's people working with couples under the influence. There's um, people uh, kind of coaching you on how to do it. There's all sorts of interesting stuff there. Well, um, yeah, like that brings I, me to like... What about the whole consent under the the influence of psychedelics? I mean, we have there's ongoing talks all the time about consent under all kinds of mind altering drugs, whether it be alcohol or THC or anything like that. Like where where does the line draw with it under psychedelics? Because, you know, you drink enough alcohol, you just black out. You don't remember anything. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's a lot of people's go to for, you know, reasoning or excuse or whatever, you, what have you. But from psychedelics, like how, I don't know, just how does it, how does a yeah, consent how do you form work consent? with it? Yeah. How do you suggest or advise people to deal with consent? So, Great question. Yeah. Consent is a tough one here in psychedelia, um, but it's really important and essential. So we don't like hurt more people. Um, the drug war is hurting enough people. So we need to do better than that. Um the way we like to talk about it in the psychedelic space is after the drug was consumed, consent can't really happen anymore. Um, informed consent, safe, like real consent can't happen after you guys take something. So it kind of has to be consent even before ingestion um, that makes sense. for it to be, you know, top tier, buttoned up ethical. Um, I'm not going to say like every situation where that doesn't happen, somebody needs to go to jail. I'm going to say like, we need to just keep evolving and getting better and doing a better job with it. You know, so say that wild and crazy MDMA person comes around, they're on MDMA, you're, you're kind of not really feeling it yet. And all they want to do is like touch you and, you know, do whatever. You're like, Oh God, yeah. like I didn't say you could <laughs> like, 
So maybe, um, you know, sometimes it's fine. Sometimes it's not. Um, and I think at any point, if somebody, you know, wants to say no, they should, um, even if they have consumed the drug, they should be saying no and saying I'm out. Um, and yeah, we want, we really want top tier consent here because we want to be a leader in how the world should unfold. So like, I, I love when sex workers actually become educators in the space. I really appreciate their perspectives that they can bring. Um, and it's, you know, it's a little edgy sometimes, especially when you're having to deal with a traditional psychiatrist and all of a sudden you put a, a, a active sex worker on stage. But I think there's some really big stuff there because people are going to be having sex on drugs. You need yeah. to really understand, you know, what do they want to do and how can you help them by giving them some sort of framework they can work with, you know, and consent way ahead of time is a big deal. So I think actually, because I had asked you, I forgot if it was mm-hmm. this episode or before about a sober guide. And so mm-hmm. maybe that's also that, um, like in the BDSM world, if you go into a dungeon, they'll have what they call dungeon masters. And those people are there to just keep everything going smoothly, make sure nobody gets hurt accidentally, take care of anything, keep things clean. Maybe I think other things with be. dungeon master, but it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, they really yeah. are. They're there just to yeah, yeah keep things going and stuff. So maybe that's kind of a role also that the that a sober guide could do is okay. Here are the constraints, and if they see somebody getting a little too handsy, they could redirect them nicely before anybody gets upset mm-hmm. or gets taken advantage of in a way that's not comfortable for them. So, so in like my breathwork sessions, we really yeah. make it clear because people can go pretty far. Like we're doing zero sexual things here, and everybody has to consent and agree to that. You know hopefully you can keep your clothes on but if you if you can't we're going to help you you know stay covered up and like not weird out other people um and then yeah a similar rule should be played in in psychedelic sessions so there's like a long history of psychedelic abuse um psychedelic sexual abuse uh even mm. in clinical trials and elsewhere um when i had run a few sessions in a legal jurisdiction years ago i actually brought a video camera so i had a camera running the whole time to say okay it's very clear that there was no sexual misconduct Good for you. um so then we will delete this video great but right. that really makes people uncomfortable to have video right yeah i'm sure but, yeah, yeah again you got to trust the people you're with because if, if you don't trust them then you shouldn't be doing this stuff with them that's i think mm-hmm. kind of it um when you talk about your breathwork seminars mm-hmm. um are those under an influence of something else or is it just sober breathwork really yeah, wow. high on okay. life. So okay. my biggest experience was five hours long and as intense as my ayahuasca experience. Wow. Um, and it was like the pivotal experience in my life to wow. shift me over to being like being a real warrior for this stuff. And um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, it, I think of it as the same as psychedelic psychotherapy. Okay. And if people want, well, okay, me, like, can people mm-hmm. sign up for that on your website? Do you offer or list your <laughs> classes and stuff there? Yes and no. Um, okay. We do breathwork retreats a few times a year. I'm trying to figure out how I can uh, reasonably run these retreats now that I'm running a big business. I'm like, I don't, can I take time away to run a weekend? I don't know. So I, I historically was running them every few months up here. So check us out. Um, the two things to search for holotropic breathwork on Google or um, dream shadow transpersonal breathwork. Um, and I guess there's another one called the. Uh, Groff Legacy Breathwork, 
Groff being the psychiatrist that I'm really into. So you uh-huh. can find workshops all over the world, uh, from Russia to uh, Singapore. So mm-hmm. yeah, and it's it's worth it. It's worth it. I I guarantee yeah. folks will be curious. Oh, I'm I'm totally curious. Aaron, would you go? Uh, maybe. I just I don't work. know enough. Like, yeah, I know, and it's it's not that that bothers me. I just don't know enough about what it entails and and stuff like that. And again, you know me. I don't have time to you know, let alone sit down and watch a fucking TV show. Let yeah, alone, I know. You know. But you do all this research. I'd be like, sign me up. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going. Okay. One way I like to talk about it, and I've, I've chatted about this with my my uh, siblings, it's um, it's always better to do the deep inner work earlier in life. Yes. So you pass along less of that to the world and your family. Um, yes. And that's kind of like how I, I get family people uh, like yourself, like it, obviously like super busy, but you know, it's an investment in their, your well-being, yeah. but really theirs too, their long-term well-being. I got yeah, it. I just, yeah. 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 I'm old. I'm 58 now. And I just think, God, if I just had learned, if I knew some of this stuff existed so long ago, um, I, I would have been a better person sooner. I would have enjoyed my life even more. Um, not mm. that I regret. I have five kids. They're amazing. But I would have been a better parent and I would have been a better me for a lot yeah. of years that I wasn't. Well, you still so. got some years left. Yes. And, uh, Thank goodness. I hope. to jam in as much living as you can. And um, that's it, right? It's how do we how do we really optimize for pleasure and great relationships and all of that? So we're uh, what's the Hunter Thompson line? We don't want to be driving to the finish line of our lives in like a squeaky clean Cadillac. We want the wheels to be falling off, and you know, like it's a total rust bucket. Like, holy shit, he really did it. Yeah, yeah. right. Like, yeah, eh, something with your knees hurting a little less than that one. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm shooting for. There you go. So do you think, do you think the, once you've done all this work and everything, do you think your best sex is under the influence or sober now because of what you've learned under the influence? Hmm. I'll say sober. Yeah. Okay. And um, I'm kind of like the drug guy that's not like on drugs all the time. Like a lot of them are. So you know, I, I rarely use relative to a lot of these folks. Um, I still use plenty by conventional standards, but Uh yeah, I think, I think there's something to the, the natural mind, but you can take lessons from psychedelia and implement them in your life. It's not like you just had this, um, transient experience that has no meaning. It's like, Oh, I can learn a lot from that and apply a lot of lessons and have better sex and have a better life and, and all of it. Yeah. Not good. That, that to me is, is yeah, the goal to really feel, to make love, sex, and romance like truly transcendent, right? The best, yeah. truly the best part of life so that you just want to enjoy it all completely sober, even if other moments you just enjoy being under the influence. So mm-hmm. very cool. Um, all right. Anything else you want to close? Anything you want to share with our listeners you think is really important, what they would want to know, what they should know? We didn't Anything talk about love at all. Oh, please do. About yeah. Holes and holes, you know. <laughs> and uh <laughs> but I think I think there's something about deepening our relationships and love um scenarios and and probably even like broadening what we mean by love and how we experience love, how we do it, how we receive it, all that. Um and psychedelics can play a really big role there. Otherwise, like the flower children, like free love, all that stuff probably wouldn't have gone down the way it did. Um 
And like, what are these new types of love? Um, what are these new types of relationships that happen once you're in love with a hundred, 500 people or something? You know what I mean? So like, what does that look like? Um, how does it impact our smaller scale, more nuclear looking relationships? And, uh, yeah, there's a lot there to dig into. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, I wish I could point people in a good direction to dig in there, but love is very important and love is, um, a big part of sex. So people should definitely be investigating love and psychedelics. That I really like. And again, again, in my book, I talk about the fact that love is actually, love can exist with zero intimacy, which is a really interesting thing, right? Intimacy and love are very separate and distinct. They're fucking fabulous when you merge them together. Um, but they can exist without. So I do it's think like my it's- like relationship with Scarlett Johansson that doesn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And yet, right, you can love. And that's the thing, we can have great love for people that we just don't even know just really don't. Mm. So, um, and, uh, yeah, I think I would hope that people would read, you know, my book, learn about the five kinds of intimacies and then use the psychedelics and other substances that, um, that they hopefully might be able to find and get available to help them increase the levels of intimacy and help, hopefully, as you said, to, lower their inhibition so that they are more open to receiving and to sharing of themselves um, and to being seen. Cause that's really hard. I say from the time we're, we're born, we're pretty much taught to now hide ourselves. Don't cry too much. Don't want too much. Don't whine. Don't this, don't, don't, don't basically repress yourself so that nobody else is bothered by you. And that's really a shitty way <laughs> to be as a person. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, good good ratios. Half the people hate you, half of them like you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there um, you go. Yeah, well, thank you for this. Okay, I, thank there's you. There's so much more to say, but yeah, let's... We'll let's have to have, a, have you on again here in a couple months. Yeah. yeah. We'll do a dive. Yes, I love it. And people who want to learn more can go to psychedelicstoday.com. Go check it out. Go check out their workshops, their podcast. What's the... Is the podcast called Psychedelics Today also, Joe? Yeah, um, okay. and we're working on launching a network. There's another one called Oakland Leaks, or sorry, Hyphae Leaks, which uh, you can find on our regular website there. And um, kind of giving voices to other folks that we find really important in the space. And uh, I think we're going to do a lot more of that as well. Terrific. And we also didn't get to talk at all about the effects on pain, but I know ah. that's a big, big issue for you. Hopefully, again, mm -hmm. when you come back, we'll talk. But I would just say if somebody out there is suffering from um chronic pain and serious pain um mm -hmm. you might reach out to to joe on psychedelicstoday.com and find out what sort of um research and um experimental it's it's experimental mm -hmm. but some things that sound really exciting and that might be of of great value to you amen thank so, you yeah knock on wood i hope i wish for that so all right well thank you thank you thank you thanks everybody for listening and joining us it's really exciting um i want to go get I don't know. High? What? What's the word? Is it just high? It's not because high is like pot. What do you use if you want to go get out of your mind on psychedelics? Oh, a lot of things you could say. Conventionally, you call it tripping. Um, okay, I want to go. But getting trip. high works. It, it okay. is encompassing. Okay. Um, yeah, and we'll even like say tripping. like I'm going to go get high Fucked on coffee. Up. 
Yeah. No, yeah, I don't want to. I just, yeah. yeah. Makes me think of skipping, I guess. I'm thinking tripping, skipping. That's what I want to <laughs> do. I want to get happy. Yes. And solve all of my deep seated problems. So I really do. So. There you go. Anyway, you got this. it's, it's a pleasure. Joe Moore, thank you. Thank you. Thank you from Psychedelics Today. Aaron, I hope you've learned something. I hope maybe one day we'll go to a breathwork class with Joe together sometime and Danielle <laughs> will come. We'll have all sorts of good times. So. All right, everybody. Um, thanks for joining us. And don't forget, follow us on social media. Look for Joe Psychedelics today on social media, too. And then big hugs and love. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Come With Us podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media at Come With Us podcast and send in your questions, comments and confessions to come with us confessions at gmail.com. Until next time, keep it fun, flirty and naughty.